Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are getting into the Sermon on the Mount. This is found in Matthew chapter 5, all the way through Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. It's also found in Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 49. Because the Sermon on the Mount is so long, we are dividing this up into three parts. Let us read Matthew chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kind of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who are before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor did they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way to him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, 
You will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body will be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath of all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah, powerful sermon. And, and for me, I, I think of um, my family and my ancestors. I have family who's very aristocratic, uh, you know, and, and they have this mindset that you do not let anyone know that we're not perfect, mm. and you know, going back, and, and I, I think of when I hear this chapter, I think of that mindset, someone who has that mindset that we must show perfection to the world, mm -hmm. um, so that people, so that we have a good name, and you know, think of the Pharisees and the religious leaders who who are trying to uphold this idea of perfection when they hear what Jesus is saying. This Sermon on the Mount is very interesting because 
Jesus Christ delivered this sermon right after choosing the 12 mm-hmm. disciples uh, whom he trained and appointed them as apostles. As soon as he chose the 12 or appointed the 12, Jesus established his kingdom. And now in this sermon, uh, Jesus is delivering, explaining the constitution and the nature of his kingdom. Yeah. Uh, of course, these themes are a little bit blended, but if you have to, uh, for the purpose of teaching, separate them, chapter 5 is focusing more on the character of those in the kingdom. Chapter 6 is focusing primarily on the privileges of mm-hmm. the kingdom citizens. And chapter 7 is primarily about responsibilities. Yeah. Jesus Christ invited his disciples uh, in the middle of this crowd, and practically this is an open lesson, and he taught them, the disciples, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You just mentioned that Jesus called the disciples. And so often we see the disciples arguing over who sits at the right hand mm-hmm. of Jesus, who's next in command, who gets the honor. And, and they're all all in for honor and position. And the poor in spirit is, I, is someone who is not seeking. They felt that uh, they might have been appointed the leaders, the you know, ministers of the new government, Mm-hmm. And Jesus Christ surprised them with this statement. There is so much in this chapter, and we could probably spend a whole year just on the the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but for the sake of time, what does this chapter here tell us about God? God is surprising his disciples here, uh, showing them the path to happiness. Everyone is interested in happiness. And he has these eight statements, happy are those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, who are meek, who are hungry and thirst, merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, and uh, those who are persecuted. That is, maybe uh, they were shocked when they heard this. Mm -hmm. And this is how God wanted to cut clean the ties with the Jewish expectations about an earthly kingdom. And he wanted to define the nature of his kingdom that is completely different. In in this section, what I see about God is God has a special heart for the vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he desires to be with them, those mm-hmm. who are struggling, those who do not have. He has a love for them. Our next question is, what is this telling us today? This a parable of the salt and light, but primarily salt, spoke to me a lot. Sometimes I'm sick and tired of, you know, so much injustice and uh, lawlessness in this world. I like to stay away from it. But the salt does not stay away from food. Mm-hmm. We are called to be part of the world and to bring our contribution to preserve it and to transform it, to give it a taste. And... Um, you know, to prepare it for the second coming of Christ. And for me, it's the the section on hatred and, and lust, that what's most important to God is not our outward actions, but our heart. I might desire something with all my heart, but I can stand up front and act a different way. Mm-hmm. And so no one knows the desire of my heart. You know, on the outward, I might look perfect, 
but on the inside, um, I'm filled with envy or, or desiring something that, that is mm-hmm. not uh, beneficial. And God God wants to get to that heart. He mm-hmm. desires um, a heart change. What are we going to do about it? I'm uh, surprised by Jesus' approach that on one side, we should mingle with the world as salt mingles with food. Mm-hmm. But Jesus says, therefore, be perfect. And uh, we cannot develop a theology just on this line. We have to take into consideration the whole scripture. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will point to three verses in First John. Uh, one is in chapter 2 and two verses in chapter 4 that talk about the God of love being perfected in us. And that is my answer and that is my prayer. Lord, perfect your love in me. I see this as well, that, that this perfection that we're seeking is not sinlessness. Mm-hmm. It's a perfection of reflecting Christ's character. Amen. Um, it's a re- uh, perfection of Christian maturity, that we're growing as God has called us to mm-hmm. grow. Um, let us pray. Father God, we desire to be perfect in your sight. Amen. And Father, while we're still growing towards you, while there's still more to be done, that we will have done what you've asked us to do. Mm -hmm. That when you show us new truth, we're willing to follow you. That we study your word, Father, seeking to be more like you. And we pray that as we desire that, you will change our, our hearts so that we desire good things. And Father, we pray that those things that we desire will shine out of us amen. so that others will see what it means to be a Christ follower and they will desire that too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.